This is David Bateson, the voice of Agent 47, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 179 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, May 27th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we examine how the PlayStation Showcase announcements have impacted Xbox gamers and ask what the Xbox Showcase coming this summer needs to do in its own presentation. A lot to break down there. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I can't complain, man. School's out. Uh, I've got work days, but students are done. It was a successful end of the year. Just finished yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo this morning. Uh, had a good time with that. I, I got. I'm. I'm riding high right now. I'm. I'm appreciative and happy. Nice. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, God, you're getting right into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's. It's been a really. Inter- it's been a very interesting week, and I want to. I want to get into it in the, in the proper show, but um, I'm really glad that we got to. I'm just really glad that we had this week. Honestly, there was a lot of of really interesting stuff uh, that I wasn't expecting, and I yeah. think that, that there was a lot of a lot of emotions running high <laughs> for a lot of folks. Oh, yeah. And I think I saw a lot of a lot of Xbox people being like, "Oh my God, I have a PlayStation friend somewhere. Where are they?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It was it was it was a, a week of announcements that impacted the gaming verse, like in total. Which was mm, older, mm-hmm. and, and like whether it was hardware, whether it was cloud, whether it was third party games, first party games, there was something hitting on each one, largely due to Sony. But but you know there was more than that. It was nice. It was good. Yeah, and I got a lot to a, I got a lot to say. Yeah, de- definitely a lot. I want to talk about a lot of stuff that I'm excited for. The the just really good stuff. <laughs> definitely definitely some feelings on on the the news that came out this week. But we we should before we get into that. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about like what what were your kind like who brought you joy in gaming this week? Absolutely. Uh I want to give a shout out to Adam Leonard over at the Mega Dads. Uh nice. he, okay. he took over Mega Dads uh, I think a year or two ago, editor in chief there. Um he and John I followed for a long time. John's doing his own thing own thing now on Midlife Side Quest, which is cool. But Adam mm. brought myself, Neo Prime 33. Uh, yeah. and Mr. Badbit on for like a predictions episode. So you had Nintendo PlayStation Xbox represented. And, yeah. um, you know, apart from some, uh, inappropriate hilarity, it was just a good time laughing with friends, That's talking cool. about video games. And, um, you know, our thing on XCP is not to actually dump on the other guy. That's not a thing for us. We don't enjoy that. And, you know, outside of tongue in cheek fun, neither does mr babbitt neither does tim Alf, and so and neither does adam and so we just had a good time chatting games and um i laughed nonstop. so that was my that was my feel good uh so shout out to adam for putting that together and tim uh and reluctantly mr babbitt it was just a good time that's cool i love those voltron shows man when you get everyone together and you just sit down and that's what i liked about cast co-op so much is Mm -hmm. it really was kind of like well 
you and you and Ains are kind of like Xbox primarily, but Ains mm-hmm. is pretty neutral. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love listening to your guys' report because you guys you guys are hilarious and stuff. And it's just like bringing people in for for good conversation and experts in their field. Big time. And we still do cast co-op. It's just been sporadic because of our schedules. Like and we've had yeah. a lot of periphery things like Ains had something going on one week, then I had something unexpected I needed to fill in for somebody. Uh, yeah at work like like just little things and that's our show that we do just for fun so like no set like we try to do it every other week but no set schedule never a stress point always for fun so yeah um, yeah but about you man how about your words of kindness what you got dude you know what you know what kind of surprised me this weekend i don't know that we're gonna dive in too much because i don't know if there's really a whole lot to really dive into so i I guess i'll take the moment to kind of call out uh the lord of the rings golem game came out and it was Mm -hmm. it's probably like one of the worst reviewed yeah. games yeah um but danny uh carlone uh or carloni over um on twitter made a really interesting post that stuck out to me and uh his tweet says basically games are hard to make regardless of the score every project has positives slash lessons learned uh i just i displayed my lowest score game because i'm proud of the time i had working with some of my favorite people in this industry some things are out of your hands be kind to each other and he posted two images one was of the uh, metacritic for the wii u version of sonic boom Mm -hmm. which was scored 32 even lower than golem Mm. and then he had the other picture of the games that he's worked on and Mm -hmm. he's worked on sonic boom Mm -hmm. he's worked on avengers Mm-hmm. He's worked on two Tomb Raider games, one on PlayStation and one on Xbox that he has up there. He's worked on a PS3 God of War and God of War Ragnarok. So the dude has definitely been around the bend on both yeah. sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. And it, it just reminded me, it was like, yeah, you know, it, it's a bummer that Golem didn't come out the way I think that the developers wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bummed that they put out an apology because yes. I think regardless of the apology, I think I think I would have rather have had a delay.jpg like we got with, um, uh, what was it, The Last of Us Factions this mm-hmm. week. I would have much rather have had one of those and held off on Golem. But at the same time, I got to recognize like Warner Brothers Studios and marketing, they're probably pushing to get this game out. They don't mm-hmm. care the, the real state of it. Like they may not have justified like, like it, it may have been one of those Phil Spencer calls like, is it crashing within reasonable uh, margins? And did you realize the the creativity of the game? And if those right. are, those questions are yes, then ship it. And it's like nothing that, you can do at that point. That's the the kicker there with Gollum. I saw a really good thread uh, that was out there. I, I don't know who to credit for this one, uh, unfortunately, but it was like stop apologizing for your game. And it was a really thoughtful thread. So I don't want to paint a picture that it wasn't. It was a wonderful thread. And I agree with it. Companies should no longer be saying, hey, we're sorry we didn't deliver on our our vision. No, when you go to watch a UFC fight, when you go to a movie, when you go to dinner and a chef is creating for you, the movie might be eh, the food might not have hit where you wanted to, the comedian might have missed their mark, the team might have failed, but you go for the experience, you go on the potential that it could be something and games is not that. Uh, They don't do that and I don't enjoy the apology dot uh, jpeg our game didn't hit the creative no art is hard and if somebody is choosing to spend money fine and one of the things that the the thread was really eloquently saying is you can ask for your money back but you don't uh, and 
a consumer can do that and should do that actively. Um, and a lot of systems exist for them to do that. But the developer should not be apologizing uh, for it. And gamers should not be entitled to an apology if it misses the mark. No, you yeah. you went to dinner, you ordered dinner, you can ask for your money back if the food's not satisfactory, but the the apology.jpg thread it, with it just doesn't make sense. Um, you had a creative vision, you missed it, you got it, you you shipped it, it's there. You make good games, bad games, like just like the gentleman you mentioned a moment ago. Um, Ragnarok, Sonic Boom. And guarantee you, there are people that enjoy and dislike both of those. You know, my, my entire thing is find the fun. And I do, man, I really do look for the fun and in everything. And if I don't have fun, I move on, but attacking and going after people or demanding an apology, I think is an entitlement that I, that I wish people would kind of get away from. And again, uh, it it is far more eloquently stated, but I appreciated the sentiment in that Yeah, Um, because it's just, I know Ryan McCaffrey retweeted it. I'll have to look uh, while you're chatting, but it was just wonderful because i don't think we should demand an apology no demand um, a refund don't demand don't refund. demand exactly. don't demand an apology demand a refund mm-hmm. and and, and, and companies it. need to be more open to digital refunds like mm-hmm. if you and steam does a decent job of this two weeks and two hours if you if you have it within two weeks and you've only played less than two hours then you can get a full refund mm-hmm. generally to your account like they'll just refund you the money and if you're in the, it's a digital store so if you're in the ecosystem you're probably going to spend money on another game other companies need to to really Xbox kind of step up on this. No, they yeah they are, and 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 I think the problem lies more with Nintendo. I think Nintendo's the toughest to try and get a refund for. Mm-hmm. Sony's Sony's so so. Sony's mm-hmm. you know like we've seen them we we've seen them be pretty pretty good about that. Um, in some situations, I'm thinking like Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I I I think companies really need to be a lot more generous when it comes to those types of things especially with digital purchases so demand a refund don't don't demand an apology and i don't think Agreed. it's it's anyone's right to to say like you need to apologize for how bad this game is it's like no right. they don't like, they, no, they work on it for, yeah you chose to pay the money for that game yeah you chose to to get into the conversation yeah. you're not owed an apology you are owed a good experience for your money and if you don't get it get your money back right yeah but uh, the the personal element of the apology should be used sparingly. And I mean sparingly. There are times for the apology.jpg, but it should not be a mandate that anytime a game comes out two days after, sorry, we missed the mark. No, you you had a vision. Either you missed it or you got it. Uh, and then the gamers either missed it or they got it. You know, yeah. and that's just how it is. Um, and I, I I liked the thread. I will I will try and find that uh, while you're chatting in a, in a moment or two. Um, but yeah, it, when, it was cool. Yeah, one of the things that I've I've noticed is with games like Sonic Boom, with games like Golem, um, there are always going to be games that are are lower as far as polish goes compared to other games. And and that really does come down to who's who's directing the game, how much money do they have, and how much time do they have? Because if you spend forever on a game, then you can generally like it eventually you'll get to the point where it'll forever it'll, it'll actually be good. And it kind of goes back to the uh, the mentality that Shigeru Miyamoto, Shigeru Miyamoto had always said is like, mm-hmm. if you have the money, if you have the time, you can you can push a game's release out and hope that you have the talent or or the the wherewithal to be able to get it to the state that you want it to be in. Right. Nothing is perfect, and and you should never feel like you have to apologize for that. If it did, if it missed the mark, 
then you should be feeling you already feel bad, like knowing that it's going out in the in the state that it is. I don't think any any studio is is unaware of the the quality of the game that it, that they're shipping. Like every studio has right. played their game. Every studio has spent months testing, tweaking, trying to get things to work, trying to cover it for different platforms and stuff like that. And if if they don't get it, they're the first ones to know. And, oh, yeah. and, and they know it's going to be bad. They know it's going to be reviewed bad. And they they shouldn't have to apologize for that for the sake of keeping face on, on a social media platform. Like, they're already bummed about it. Exactly. But they're also probably happy that the game is done, too. Right. Some, I, some studios just want to get past the game. I thought a... Uh, so, so the thread was by Aaron, Aaron Sanfilippo uh, at Aorn Flipout on Twitter. Mm. A wonderful thread. And... One of the things that I thought was interesting is like this is Didalic Entertainment coming out talking about Golem, uh, like a day the day of release. Hey, we're so sorry. Like you put the game out, now you're saying you're sorry. Like that's a bad look. And Didalic is creating another Lord of the Rings game. The 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 failure of Golem will inform consumers on whether they should purchase or check out or be wary of the next yeah. project. But their personal element of an apology is, I think, in bad. Uh, elements and this is a more nuanced thing and i think we're just gently touching on the topic but it's um you're not morally wronged when you pay for a game that doesn't live up to what you wanted you are owed a a refund in some cases depending on how much you put into it right um but if you've not invested much beyond the money you're not owed anything else right like i'm not owed an apology by dc uh, over snyder stuff or over superman or whatnot they they are going to get my money yeah. or not, depending on my interest level of their projects. So, yeah, um, but it was a good thread. Aaron Sanfilippo, good thread. I liked it. Um, and I mean, I, I had the chance to look at Gollum and I didn't I'm just not not for me. And I'm moving yeah. on. They don't owe me anything. I don't owe them anything. And so that's just how it goes. Um, but yeah, good, good, good thing there. And I I also like the idea of like in Xbox community, we just recently had Redfall. There are some things they can apologize for and things they should never apologize for as far as a studio goes and as their release. And the only thing they should be apologizing for, that's not the only thing, I'm sorry. The main thing they should apologize for is the false marketing of like 60 frames per second versus the 30 that they shipped. Yeah, That, and that is disingenuous. That's yeah. an apology.jpg right there. We screwed up. But the creative of the game, you don't don't apologize to anybody for that. That's yeah. different. They're a customer. They choose to pay. They choose not to pay. And if you were wronged by it, you get your money back or whatnot. There's there's a difference there. And I and I I think that it's funny because you know you and I have have played a fair amount of Redfall. You you you've gone through and finished it without me. Not that I'm bitter. Uh, I, I plan on going back to. <laughs> I want to play with other people. I don't know. Uh, call me Ask. crazy. Ask. I'm on, I'm on vacation and we got gears that I still want to play. I've been asking. No, for I that. know. Well, I mean, we haven't set the time up for that, but yeah, I definitely want to. Uh, so I do want to do gears, uh, gears. I do want to finish. Uh, I want to have someone with me for for Redfall. Um, but the creative vision of Redfall is fantastic. Again, it's one of the worlds that I actually really love how they've built it. I love how they've designed it and stuff. Everything that I had trouble with was the uh, the technical issues, which I assume would get fixed up. Um, and the, the quality of the AI tech. Mm-hmm. I think that there are so many other studios within the uh, Xbox ecosystem that Phil Spencer said that they, they needed to address earlier on. And I think that if they had had some other teams helping them 
-hmm. with Unreal and how to develop AI for enemies, uh, there was a, a strong possibility that we would have had some really fun. Like, can you imagine if 343 had been able to jump in with Arcane yeah. and been like, all right, let's build out some AI for these vampires. We're going to have some fun. And yeah. that would, like, that, it would be solid. It would have been sick. It would have been yeah. so much. So there's stuff like that. Like that. that's the thing that I think I've had trouble with Redfall with. But honestly, like it's still a very pretty game. I still really like uh, how, how much fun I have in, in it. And it's like you'd brought up in the past. Like it's kind of dumb fun. Like it's, you know, it's shut sure. your brain off. Go kill some vampires. It's just like every other va uh, zombie shooter out there. It's like mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be deep. It just needs to be fun. And I right. think that there is fun there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I'm. I stand by everything I've said about that game, including the fact that I enjoyed playing it despite everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I see you there. We have not done our Patreon, but we had a good discussion on <laughs> apologies and games. Um, and so I, I'm the really glad words. we had that one. Really glad <laughs> we had that words. one. It's a good way to start off the show because it's Absolutely. like, hey, I want, I want to address this because I don't think we're going to really find a place within the show page, the showcase news to really touch about it. But it's true. It, it happened this week. And I think people need to to really just kind of like, chill out um Agreed. about some of that stuff agree in a world where you can get refunds yes yes um all right let's do our patreon shout outs this week logan i believe it's my turn to read yes. these amazing names these are the people that uh do so much to help us look and sound better uh they drop some money into the tip jar each month to help us be at our best and we appreciate you guys uh our tier two and three shout outs uh go to <clears throat> robbie bobby miller Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, African, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Zach LeCoulter, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Deno12. Thank you guys so much for supporting XEP over on patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. We appreciate you, and I enjoy uh, all of the patron members, uh, tiers one through three, in our Discord. We had some really good discussions this week. Um, and as someone who was on the periphery of those conversations, Logan, because uh, this week was so busy, I would just log in for my, like, my dose of good vibes because they're always just being good. They're always talking about games. It was cool. It was cool. Um, and this, this yeah. morning, just randomly, uh, Ellery started a thread where they were asking about everyone's gamer tag and people were exchanging and friending up. And that was just cool to watch, you know? So definitely yeah. there we go. Well, uh, Logan, we, we have a lot to talk about my friend. The PlayStation mm -hmm. Showcase uh, aired this past week. I think I was in the minority and that I really, really enjoyed it. I really liked it. A lot of people really upset with it, debating the the wherewithal of was it a good showcase? Yes. Was it a good PlayStation Showcase? No. Um, I'm always of the mind, Logan, that if you see a showcase of any kind and you leave with two or three games that you want to play, that's a good showcase. And I left with way more than that out of this one. Uh, yeah. two of them, I think are PlayStation exclusive and I'll play them on my PlayStation cause I love playing good games. Uh, the rest were multi-platform, but I was really impressed with this showcase, uh, off the bat and maybe I'm the find the fun guy, but what did you think? 
So it was slower in the beginning for me. Um, I definitely saw like games that were, were kind of, they were kind of just like, I don't know, new versions of games that we already had. And I think mm-hmm. I saw a lot of that. This, a lot of sequels. A lot yeah, of sequels. a lot of, well, sequels, but there's also like uh, different takes on games that we've got on in elsewhere. Like there's already like established IP that we have, uh, like, you know, Foam Stars or, or Hell Divers 2. Like it's clear that there's like someone somewhere playing Splatoon and they really love it and they want to make their own. There's definitely someone out there that's like, oh man, we can't get the IP for Starship Troopers. Somehow some other studio on Steam is doing it. So we'll just make another Hell Divers. And it's and and they're leaning right. heavy into the Starship Troopers. Like, I love Hell Divers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, but then there's 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 like moments where i got in there and i was seeing what they were doing and i was like okay there are definitely some very unique projects that they're going to be bringing and i'm glad that there's like there's there was news from studios that i wasn't expecting and there's stuff that i saw that i was like really wowed by so overall i would say that it was really long but i still found plenty of stuff to really enjoy i just don't think that I, and I and I think we'll touch on this because um, I think it was really well said. I, I don't know that I would agree that this was a great PlayStation showcase, but it was a fun showcase. Yeah, it um lot. And, and I want to talk, make sure we talk about the strategy that PlayStation is imploring with this showcase. I think that's a worthwhile thing to talk about. But yeah, um, with all the, the third party relationships there, we got a lot of multi-platform stuff, but I was all about it. I was all about it. Watching, uh, let's go to the first game, was Alan Wake 2 for me. I was, I love Alan Wake. I absolutely yeah. love Alan Wake. I love Control. I think it's a great world that Sam Lake and the team at Remedy are creating. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two go hand in hand quite well and were blended wonderfully in Control's DLC. And Alan Wake 2 looks amazing, amazing. Yeah, it does. Uh, the scope of it, I have a lot of questions about because I got a lot of funding on this one. Uh, it's mm-hmm. interesting that they're being marketing. They're marketing with Sony on this one. I'm fascinated that Xbox still isn't trying to grab that old old vibe there, um, which I think is kind of a miss on Xbox's part, but not a huge one. Uh, but in short, I was really excited by that new protagonist with Saga uh, in there. The fact that there's a no disc version, fascinating. But simply put, this fall I'm playing the next Alan Wake game. And it's from a remedy that has been rejuvenated and revitalized with control. I'm so there given the physics and stuff that they showcased in control on, on Xbox series X, dude, I'm stoked. I, yeah, it looked really good. I probably won't feel comfortable getting into a horror game like that. I know that Alan Wake is a really popular uh, game. I just, it's one of those ones that I just don't know that I could, I'll happily watch other people play it, but I'm glad Mm -hmm. that, they're finally getting closer. And this was one of the few games that actually showed in the showcase that had a solid date. Cause mm-hmm. I, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for gameplay and solid dates. Cause that's the thing that I think on both sides of the, of the, the gaming industry, like regardless of which console you subscribe to, I think one of the things that I think showcases need to do is lock in dates and, and stick to them, <laughs> but yeah. also show gameplay, like show me what it is. Cause I've seen so many trailers already in the, sh- in the trailers are belying the, the gameplay aspect of it. I want to see UI. like I'm fine seeing UI because th- a, a lot of games need better UI design. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
I saw some of it today, or I saw some of it in the showcase, but a lot of it was still kind of missing. So I'm glad Alan Wake is is confident in their Halloween launch window because mm-hmm. I think it'll be a great hol- Halloween. It's October 17th, mm-hmm. and I think that they've done a great job of saying like, hey, you know, this this coming Halloween, play Alan Wake 2, a horror game. Uh, and I think that's that's fantastic. More of that, please. Yeah, I, I agree. I really am stoked to see kind of if they try to capitalize on the, the horror aspect of it because Alan Wake always teased horror. There was not as true. It's not like Resident Evil. It's not like Silent Hill. It's more like mm. thriller with a horror aesthetic. Almost Redfall's a bad Redfall and Ghostwire. You know how they're not horror games, but they dance on horror. Yeah. That's how Alan Wake is. It's more of a thriller and a mystery. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely scary parts to it. I'm curious if they're going to lean full in on the horror for Alan Wake 2. That's I mean, what I'm fascinated by. So if if I recall correctly, and, and folks are more than willing to, more than more than open to, to fact check me on this, but I think on the Game Awards, when they first announced Alan Wake 2, they they committed to going full horror with Did this. They? And that that was that was the intent is they wanted to go like full horror for this one because they knew that the the first one was like them kind of putting their feet in the water on the side mm-hmm. of the pool as opposed mm-hmm. to diving off the diving board into the, the side deep of end. the lake. Logan, the side, side of, of the lake. lake. There's no diving board on lakes, Luke. How am I supposed to dive into a lake? The irony is that in in Alan Wake, he dives into the lake and it's a whole thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the irony there. For anybody that didn't play Alan Wake, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm with Logan. <laughs> anybody that played it is like, I like Luke's joke. It was so funny. One of us has the reference and the other person uh, has, has the, has has no the experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Alan Wake was a good a good one to kind of kick off like the main ones. And, and everything that I think we're going to be talking about is stuff that is coming to Xbox too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a quick question, actually, before we yeah. get into the rest of the list, because I was thinking about this. Okay. If Sony has the marketing deals for this list of games that are coming to Xbox as well, what do you think that the chances are that any of these are actually going to be day one game pass? Uh, low. Mm. Low. I think they're pretty darn low. I think Sony consistently builds into their deals. Don't yeah. go on game pass. Don't do this. And um. That sucks. <laughs> I know. That that's sucks. why I was thinking about this, because I was like, there's a lot of good games on here. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of bummed that Sony has the marketing deal because it probably means we're not going to see these on Game Pass. Yeah. The the counter argument, which I don't know is a is a good counter argument, is like we're supposed to pay for games, you know, <laughs> like it's no, as Xbox true. gamers that we are. We are the we have the mindset that it's like, hey, no, it's well, going to come to Game Pass. But I think Game Pass is increasingly as Xbox's production gets better. It will be a place for uh, first party titles and indies. At least that's what I think it is. And I, I want to I think it was Kevin Ainsworth that said that on X Talk years ago that, that he hmm. thinks that's where it's going. I think it was Kevin. If not, um, you suck, Kevin. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's what is going to happen to to Game Pass which I'm okay with, right? Like that to me is fine. Um, mm. But I think there, the the list as we get to the end of it, we'll be able to point out what's not on there third party wise. And I think that opens some doors too. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. Did, any thoughts on the, the no retail version? Cause I'm okay with it. Fine I'm fine with it. With it. And, yeah. and honestly, the thing that I, cause this was something that I was, I was um, uh, surprised about with the, the no retail version 
was that they're actually subsidizing the cost of the digital version mm-hmm. um on uh, uh what's it called uh physical copies pc oh oh gotcha so i think i think the uh i think the fact that they're actually because this was, I was a conversation i had with my wife and i won't go into a, a huge tangent here um but there was a, a discussion that we had about uh ai taking over too many jobs and companies mm-hmm. Um, and, and things getting better for people because companies wouldn't have to invest so much in production because AI would be taking over certain things. And I said, that's not how it works in the game industry at all. If companies are doing digital only, they're still going to charge full game price. They're just not going to, to take that money and give it to the, to the devs. They're just going to pocket that money and put it mm-hmm. somewhere else. So yeah. the fact that they are willing to, to make the no disc digital or the digital version like cheaper in areas like Mm -hmm. that's cool that's it's nice to see that because it's like they recognize hey like you know we're we're saving money on this version we're still making a a a pretty good profit on the digital copy so Mm -hmm. you can you can afford to shave off 10 bucks agree and, and not die agree um and i'm 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 appreciative of that tactic i doubt it's one we see happen often but cool rock on um of that please yeah no kidding uh two or a place you're not likely to see it but somehow they managed to give me some good vibes konami uh announcing middle gear solid delta which is a remake of middle gear solid 3 and then they in a separate announcement but same showcase obviously metal gear solids 1 2 and 3 the collection for metal gear solid are coming to multiple platforms this autumn this fall and i'm so excited because uh I love Metal Gear Solid and I've been kind of frustrated with how the series has been sporadic and you can't access that. You can't access the old games like the the first Metal Gear Solid was PlayStation 1. Then they did a remake for GameCube that was fantastic called the Twin Sakes. Metal Gear Solid 2 is multiplat. Metal Gear Solid 3, I believe multiplat. Metal Gear Solid 4 exclusive. Metal Gear Solid 5 multiplat. And it bums me out because there's no way right now to access the Metal Gear Solid uh franchise uh, on xbox or even playstation you can't get to all of them easily and so i love that this collection's happening i love that it's multi-platform because mgs1 and 2 are both breath of the wild level iconic for their time and they set they set things in motion that changed gaming and so i'm very excited for this one um and then the one metal gear solid game i've never played is metal gear solid 3 snake eater and that's getting a remake uh, a full remake from Konami. The question will be, can Konami pull this off given their track record and Hideo Kojima is not involved? What does that mean for a remake? And I don't know the answers to that, but I'm still excited to see life in the Metal Gear Solid uh, realm because those games are really special to me. So I'm stoked for that. I I, I was so excited for that. On my wish list on the Mega Dead show, I said I wanted those things and then bam, there they were. I felt prophetic and excited. Yeah, it's uh, Metal Gear Solid. Hideo Kojima, um, working with Konami, they built some of some of the best experiences as far as just like espionage and uh, stealth mechanics. Like, like there's there's like Metal Gear and there's like a, a Splinter Cell, and those are like the two main games that people go to when it comes to um, like military government type uh, espionage and and uh, sneaking around and just trying to to take enemies out through interesting mechanics and good storytelling um metal gear solid 
three was the last one that I got into. I never, I never played any of the other ones outside of that. And I could barely even understand what the heck I was going on with three. Cause it was like, it starts you off in like a jungle and you're like crawling around and you gotta eat a snake and then you gotta sneak in somewhere through some wire fences. And I'm like, I don't understand what the hell, like, where's the gun? Where's the box? This is not this is not the Metal Gear I played. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm used to one and two and mm-hmm. two is my favorite. But obviously, because I didn't get three and I never played the other ones, it was like, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of experience with these. So I'm glad that uh, that we're getting an opportunity to to get the full thing. I've always I always thought that you could buy these digitally on the store. Like I've always seen these on like the Xbox store, like the the HD collections. Um, so I feel yeah. like I'm having I feel like I'm having a uh, you feel like you're uh, having a stroke. That's because the HD collection was <laughs> not it didn't include the first game. No, uh, I think there was a roundabout way to get to it, but you, it's it's complex. It had one of the I think it had a PSP game in there. Um, you got two and three, but it was a little bit of a jumble. And then four is still out there in, in, on exclusive PS3 land. Uh, I really wonder if that game will ever not ever, but will at some point make its way because emulating PS3 is difficult because of the cell processor. But that Metal Gear Solid 4 makes zero sense if you try to play that without knowing anything. You need like an hour-long YouTube video, but the gameplay in it is unrivaled. That is one of the best video game like oh, really? I've ever played in terms of like the stealth, the AI, uh, the weaponry and stuff. Now it's hyper-complex as well, and I don't know mm-hmm. that I'm interested. I, I enjoyed it when I was in college and had time, right? Um, yeah, but so many from for MGS one through three to be readily available on current gen systems without any um, tomfoolery, I'm stoked for because it's just it's a pain, especially with the first game. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I want modernized you know, controls and, and I just want to be able to enjoy it. But in general, the, the big thing is Metal Gear Solid is back. That's cool. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what they do with three and i'm glad that they're remaking it i don't know who's making it though and i don't know if anyone else does red flags it'll be interesting to see like how that how that all kind of works out you're right dude i just uh so i hopped on the xbox store to come try and like buy metal gear solid hd edition Mm -hmm. and it is not currently available so why is it listed in the show or in the store like it's weird it might have been maybe on your xbox one or your 360 you can buy oh, maybe it that's maybe that's that. why but it's a it's a mess booted it's up. just confusing and strange that's the yeah. big thing yeah um did you see the the capcom multi-plat game that was in there i got so stoked for this one a capcom multi-plat game that was in the show I'll give you a hint there's some dogma involved and there's a dragon huh dragon's dogma too baby <laughs> i'm so excited I love Dragon's Dogma, man. That yeah. that game was the game that allowed me... That and Kingdoms of Amalur taught me that I could enjoy fantasy games because I'm not a fantasy guy. Mm. So stoked for Dragon's Dogma 2 because Dark Arisen does not hold up. I tried to go back to it during the pandemic. Oh, it yeah, me too. Mechanically, it doesn't click the way it used to. Oh. It's, it's time for a modernization and that's a great series and it's got some monster hunter elements i love dragon's dogma so i'm in yeah. i was in. that's cool yeah no I, I i tried this during the pandemic i tried to everyone was talking about dragon dogma and it was like oh my god i can't wait mm-hmm. it's super cheap so i bought it super cheap and i jumped in and i was like "Ugh, yeah i do not know what's going on 
they're throwing pronouns at me like I'm like I'm trying like I'm supposed to understand this universe. I don't mm-hmm. know who these people are. I don't know what these races are. I have no clue who these cities are. I don't care about any of that. Just let me like let me play. So yeah, I, I went back to try and play that, and I was like, Eh-eh. so I dipped out. Unlike with Metal Gear Delta, um, which is the Snake Eater remake, by the way, <laughs> bad for SEO, but whatever. Uh, Delta means change, everyone. Uh, Dragon's Dogma Two has cannot or uh, capcom at the helm so with konami i have no confidence capcom hasn't missed lately no and they've been doing really good they've been doing really well and i know that, and they've got exoprimal and street fighter set to launch yeah. um we've been hands-on with one of those <gasps> and i'm really excited for what capcom continues to showcase these these past few years because they just seem to be riding the high the same high that like ubisoft had for a little while uh when vivendi was trying to get them so they were making like really good games um, but I'm, I'm stoked to see what Capcom does with Dragon's Dogma. I doubt it soon. Um, I really doubt yeah. it soon. That's 2024 holiday, I would bet, um, or later, but stoked for that one. And, and that was cool. So I'm in for that. That's cool. I'll, I'll be, I'll be definitely interested to see what it is. Can I, can I, you, you mentioned, uh, Metal Gear Solid Delta. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Delta symbol and you're right that it's, that it's hard to to search for that like the seo is not is not very strong for that can mm-hmm. i say the ingenuity that has to come from the fact that they use the symbol for delta and the fact that it looks like a triangle which is kind mm-hmm. of like a snake's head and in a triangle has three sides for metal gear solid three and delta means change like that is that is like levels deep that i was not expecting and i'm it's, very i appreciate it it's very metal gear but yeah. also Terrible. Probably not your best bet, guys. <laughs> uh, but Smart, it is Metal Gear. But figure out a better way to SEO that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, did you see Bungie's announcement? Oh, oh real quick. Uh, one of the things that was interesting about the, this is some of the live service stuff that, that Sony is doing, which is fascinating, yeah. including Bungie's new that. game, The Return of Marathon. The, Which, the the reimagining, yeah. It, it's not a remake. It's a brand new game. They mm-hmm. stole the IP. This is my baby. I'm gonna. I, I know. You, I Take play it. bungee Take games. It. I well. I play. I play Destiny. I should say. Uh, you play Halo, but they don't I do Halo, Halo And I played the first Destiny a lot. Yeah. So okay. So marathon. Tarkov is amazingly popular right now. DMZ and in, in Call of Duty is is trying to come up with something to to you know play around with that. Marathon is Bungie's version of a cyberpunk Tarkov, and it looks so freaking beautiful. If you play Destiny two, you've seen their new content. Um, you've been, you've been playing, you know. Bungie knows how to develop uh, environments like their environments are some of the most breathtaking environments you can have in games while still maintaining some of the best shooter mechanics that any game has out there. Like they just know gameplay, uh, gunplay. It's 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 intrinsic to what their DNA is with Halo, with Destiny, like they understand it. marathon is a callback to their old original game which was like a doom style game that you ran around in and stuff so marathon plays into the idea of what is a tarkov extraction shooter game um but think like if you're old then you you probably know uh running man where running man is like a bunch of champions thrown into an arena where they have to kill each other and get out that is effectively what marathon is 
Um, they had a really awesome ARG that w- got sent out to some major streamers that are big for Tarkov, like Dr. Lupo and some other ones. Mm-hmm. When they unlocked the ARG, which is just them kind of like working at the, pu- the puzzles with the ciphers that they were given and stuff, they uh, unlocked a vid doc that they had made for Marathon. And watching the the vid doc, it got me so excited for this game because it, it looks so cool like they want you to feel like expressive they want you to feel like you're this cyberpunk uh mercenary who's who's getting who's going into these zones to try and get different uh alien artifacts to to piece together to get a bigger one um so you drop into these persistent uh zones on tau seti and you have to go get loot and you have to get out and you you might run into other people very much kind of like division in the in the dark zones you know stuff like that but dmz and call of duty yep so it's it's very much like what those types of games are doing right now you go in you deal with pve elements to try and get loot you deal with pvpers who are going to try and and get what you have or stop you from extracting and you got to get out um the the i love the idea that they're they're looking to really kind of of showcase players who are exceptional uh they talked about having players who happen to find like an alien key and then they take that alien key and they 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 unlock a a new zone and forever those people will be etched in history as the ones that unlocked this new zone so then those people have to go into that zone and figure out how to clear it so that they can then unlock it for the rest of the community and it's like imagine being the squad who has the experience who goes in and finds this thing randomly gets it to the knows what to do with it gets it there and then opens up a brand new zone for other people to go and explore like man it's it's just a, such a cool concept so this is one of those ones where they've also like figured out like okay full cross save uh full cross play is going to be built in from the get-go because that's one of the biggest pain points about destiny 2 is that PC, for console PC and console, including Xbox, because it's a PlayStation yes. owned company. Yeah, PlayStation owned company, but it is it's coming to Xbox Series X and S. It's coming to PlayStation 5 and to PC as well. So it's completely new gen current current hardware stuff. Um, so it's gonna be it's it they're they're learning from the mistakes that they had to make up for with Destiny 2, where everything was siloed. Uh, and they're they're going to be making a lot. Uh, a lot of work or they're they're putting a lot of work on into making sure that it doesn't matter where you play you'll you'll still be able to access it so makes me wonder what the cost of this is going to be at that point i appreciate that this is one of many games that sony is supporting in the live service element because they're doing a lot for live service stuff right now to build uh and if it gets coming to pc day one sony said that it's cross it's a, it's a live service thing and so that's cool now i will tell you i don't i don't get excited for this despite an incredibly beautiful trailer that 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 is Mm -hmm. that trailer is pure art um yeah i don't know that this excites me in any way shape or form uh because it feels like a reach to try and bring marathon back to modern audiences it's a multiplayer-esque game whereas marathon original was single player-esque it feels like they're just trying to use the name and capitalize on a popular trend right now yeah. And what we've seen often is games that come following trends, uh, but they come too late and they miss. Right. Um, and that that is a, a unique element. It's like the, the 
the foam game that that Square Enix is foam making. Stars. Foam stars. It clearly a, a thing on Splatoon, but Splatoon three didn't hit the way Splatoon's one and two did. That's not to say it's not good. It's not to say people don't love it, but I mean it's it's not the same vibes. Um, and I'm wondering if this is going to come too late by the time it actually gets to launch. Will people be over the Tarkov experience? Or rather, I should rephrase, will they be over the expansion of that market? Will the market be done growing and it's just catering to its people? Because Destiny doesn't bring in new people anymore. People that play Destiny en masse, and I mean like you know here and there, en masse Destiny is for the Destiny community. Um, I would argue Sea of Thieves has this problem right now. Short of a Pirate's Caribbean 2 expansion, people that play Sea of Thieves... Are probably just going to play Sea of Thieves, right? Like it's it's. I doubt that market is expanding, so I'm curious if that happens, uh, or is the Tarkov esque extraction shooter done growing in its genre, and this is just going to be slicing a piece of the pie as opposed to expanding it? What I'll say in response to that is, I think with something like Foam Stars, um, there's been a lot of scrutiny over the quality of Square Enix lately. And I don't think that anything I saw with Foam Stars looks to really, really kind of expand too much. Not to make a, a, a foam joke there, but it doesn't look like it's really expanding on the formula that is uh, Splatoon. I think the falls uh, or the faults with with Splatoon three is that it wasn't different enough, and it just mm-hmm. felt like it was more of Splatoon two with different maps. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, and that's the problem. <clears throat> That's the problem that I think Nintendo has right now is, is that they're pushing so hard against actually doing live service games that they're not willing to admit that Mario Kart and Splatoon ought to be live service games. They're a lot more comfortable releasing small DLC packs for those um, or releasing new entries in general. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's the problem with Splatoon right now. You know, like ARMS. ARMS should have been a... Uh, uh, a game that that did really really well and it should have been a a live service game mm-hmm. uh but it, it felt it fell short there because they released it shortly before splatoon 2 which was such a difference compared to splatoon 1 uh for for as far as quality and play um with with marathon i think that they had the ip i think that they wanted to do something but they didn't they didn't want to do a doom style shooter. I think they were all, and it really does. I, I genuinely do believe this. Most game studios have employees that are playing games and the games that they're playing are the games that they are uh, not working on most of the time. And those games are usually the ones that are going to influence the next project because mm-hmm. they're all going to sit down. They're going to have a powwow and they're going to be like, all right, what should our next game be? And they're like, well, I'm having really fun with Tarkov mm-hmm. or I'm having a lot of fun with uh, DMZ. And those are, they're going to be like, okay, well, what can we do there? And they're like, we have marathon. It's kind of like running man, mm-hmm. the old eighties movie, go look it up. And we could do something like that and make it more cyberpunk. And that conversation was good enough that they're like, all right, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. let's have and then because, you know, if they're making that game because they're already playing Escape from Tarkov, the passion is going to be there. They're going to love playing that because it's their version of Tarkov and they get to make it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I worry so much about whether or not uh, the market is going to become stagnant by the time this comes out. I think I'm going to be more concerned about is this game going to be accessible to a large enough audience that it will justify 
pushing in on that territory because I've seen it fail and I've seen it. I've seen games that like, for example, uh, Dota 2 came out before League of Legends, which came out before Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm was late to the game, uh, but it is one of my favorites to to play out of those three MOBAs. But League of Legends dominated uh, the the market as far as like MOBA goes, because it's so accessible to players compared to Dota 2. So there's there's always going to be places where you find your market but i don't i don't think that it'll be too late for bungie to mm-hmm. to put this game out and have it be fun and have people get pulled into it because you've already got the the destiny 2 pvp fans mm-hmm. who are going to absolutely jump on this because it's a destiny it's a it's a bungie title right uh, i just wonder about the staying power that's what i'm curious about True. how you're going to keep it engaged you know i I think that I think that it, a lot of it will come down to cosmetics and gameplay loop. If the gameplay loop is solid, then I think it will it'll have a staying power because that's what keeps Destiny Two alive right now. Yeah, yeah. Still, an interesting. Yeah, she's she's hanging out. Aww. Uh, she doesn't go downstairs by herself anymore, at least not often. So she's up here with me. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just me and me and the dog for the next three days. So it's kind of been kind of. I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice. It was just. Laying on the couch, playing games last night. Playing on my Series S last night. Finishing <laughs> Ghostwire. Hanging out with her on the couch. It was good. Aww. So, yeah, it was good. She's Shepherd? Yeah, Australian Shepherd. She is Aww. going to be 15 next month. Yeah, it's... Ancient. Uh, it's yeah, ancient. It's, it's coming. We're, we're struggling. Um, <sighs> It'll be yeah. okay. It'll be okay. Take a uh, week. Yeah. I want to call uh, I want to call attention to uh, a couple other things. I really liked... Uh, Let's see. What was it? Oh, Immortals of Avium. I think that's a game that uh, people are cautiously optimistic about, including myself. Mm. It looks cool. It's an EA original. It's Ascendant Studios. That's a team I would love to talk to. I think it's Brett Robbins. It's over there. Um, yeah. In short, I think it's neat to see. Uh, it's a first person. Is it a first person magic shooter or third person? Yeah. It's first person. First person. Yeah. Um, but a magic shooter, which I'm kind of in on having just finished Ghostwire and seeing some of the gameplay. Uh, you put in the notes that it gives you Outriders vibes. I get that too. Yeah. Um, but the, something about like that, it's a summer release, which makes me like, yeah, that's a summer game for me. So I'm excited for Immortals of Avium. Um, yeah. For sure. That That is a, a fun one for me. I don't know if, if you were high on it. But I was I was all about it. But I find the fun in double A. I think I think the the magic system is very interesting. They've got color systems that I don't quite understand because I've seen like the green color for magic uh, be a healing and a shielding. But then I saw like a like a mini gun as well, too. So very curious how they've designed the 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 actual spell system um, reminds me a lot of like what for for spoken was doing. Uh, as far as like the the depth that you can get into with that game as far as the magic system goes so it looks cool um i think that there's definitely a lot of polish missing uh as far as just like i don't know the lighting wasn't that great uh they definitely could have could have like upped it in there but they're trying something different and i think that's commendable um i hope it feels good i hope it plays well because if you have something like that that is uh got a really good magic system it'll be very interesting to see how this plays um compared to something like avowed when we start to get that because that also will have some some pretty strong magic first person shooter elements and i'll be very curious to see how this plays out but yeah i i'm i I think if you like ghost uh or not ghostwire yeah 
Ghostwire Tokyo. Outriders, Ghostwire. Ghost Runner and Ghost to- Ghostwire are messing with me right now because we yeah. we have Ghost Runner two in the notes as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think those two. Uh, I, I I think Ghostwire Tokyo and and uh, Immortals of Avium are going to be very good complementary plays if if you'd like one or the other. I agree. Uh, did you like what you saw for Assassin's Creed Mirage? It's kind of the last of the big AAA elements, or that were. I in did. It. Yeah, I it was good too. I had Surprising. a, I had a, yeah, I, I had a lot of good feelings about this. It looks like, it looks like an Assassin's Creed game. It looks mm-hmm. like, you know, an Ezio style game where you're just going to be hopping around, sneaking in between crowds and stabbing people with hidden blades. It just, it looks like they've got a really really good system that they're going back to as far as like the smaller game and uh i i put this in the show notes but i i genuinely think that this is going to be like the next batman game for you like mm-hmm. it's going to have the assassin's creed skin on it but i think a lot of the mechanics uh spoke to me as far as like the arkham games and i think that i think that gameplay is is there for you i think it is too i'm cautious about this one because I've I've had a lot of fun with some Assassin's Creed games, and then I, there have been others where I just didn't bother touching, didn't care to be interested in too many yeah. mechanics, too many systems, uh, which is a problem in games right now. I think um, a lot of RPG bloat. Yeah, and so if this is uh, a more, I don't know what the right term would be, slim version of an Assassin's Creed, because I think Valhalla mm-hmm. was too big, like streamline. Streamline, thank you. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, a streamlined experience, then yeah, I'm totally in uh, on that one. And it's kind of what they're putting towards. I think yeah. that's that's kind of what they're pushing. They're like, hey, you know what? We went real broad with Valhalla, which is a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think they're kind of narrowing the scope with mm-hmm. Mirage. And, cool. I, and I think that I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that. That brings me back because the people that got in on Valhalla, they had so much to play with. Oh, yeah. um, but that was basically a live service game in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And I want Mirage to be a confined experience. So uh, I, I liked that. that. That was that was my take on that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I well, go ahead. Oh, I, I wanted to call out real quick before before I forget uh, for fans of, of Destiny 2, the final shape trailer was so important. <laughs> it was one of those things that Destiny 2 fans were absolutely uh, uh, just beside themselves uh, that Cade is back. Um, and I keep forgetting the why in his name, uh, but Cade is back and Nathan Fillion's playing him. I cannot wait to find out what happens when he finds out that Aldrin is, is been reborn as Crow. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm really excited about that. So anyway, I, I had to get that in there. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> Cade is, but you played Nathan destiny Fillion. one. I did, but, is Crow the Prince? Wasn't he the Prince? Yeah, Old Oldrin was the Prince. Uh oh, okay. brother to Marasov, who uh was killed and um then reborn as a, a light and is a, now a Crow. Yeah, Crow, sixth of his name. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I don't know. Um but I <laughs> love that Nathan Fillion is back. I hope no, it's not a fair. I would imagine. This is a response to losing the amazing Lance Reddick in terms of voice and passion for fans. And I wonder if this was in the works. Um, this has been in the works for a long time. Okay. All right. Well, I'm this, glad to know that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, I, I would imagine also you see something in there for Lance Reddick somehow, some way. But uh, we, we're, like, still get, 
I don't think anyone's going back to Destiny that was out. Um, if if you if you aren't steeped in in Destiny now, um, it's in its best state. Honestly, I mean, I know that the latest expansion is probably one of the weaker of the last three, but genuinely, like Destiny, as far as quality of life elements go, mm-hmm. it's it's putting some amazing content out there, and they're really trying hard to try and like make that game more accessible to other people because they realize they've got system bloat in there and, and they need to, to really uh, like we were just talking about with with uh, uh, with Assassin's Creed. They got to streamline their process as far as like what you do and they, they are doing it and it's becoming a lot more accessible to people because I can I can't recommend that people jump in and feel like I'm not setting them up to fail uh, unless they spend a bunch of money to get all the content. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a shame because it is a free to play game technically, yeah. Um, but yeah, Lance, we're still getting story with Lance Reddick, so there's a lot of content that he made before he passed. Um, mm-hmm. So will we're going to have? We still haven't seen like how they're going to address his passing. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was so sudden. I don't think anyone's going to be able to really. I don't think we're going to get a, a good send off. I think it's going to be an abrupt send off. And I think it's going to, it's going to be recognized by the community that we didn't get a choice in this. Um, mm-hmm. He was taken from us. And mm-hmm. as, as, as much as that sucks, there has to be some sort of reconciliation in the, in the game itself. Um, but it's not going to be good. It's going to be painful and yeah. it sucks to have to do that. Yeah. Well, uh, a number of other smaller titles also in the PlayStation Showcase. I don't know if you wanted to mention. I'm going to list them, and then if you wanted to talk about one, feel free. Yeah. Uh, Talos Principle 2, Ghost Runner 2, Neva, uh, or pronounced Neva, but it's from the Grease developers, uh, Plucky Beautiful. Squire, and Teardown. Is there any that spoke to you in terms of the multi-plats that you wanted to talk about? Just Plucky Squire. I think okay. Neva's a really beautiful game. I think Ghost Runner 2 is going to capitalize on what it does already, and it looks mm-hmm. really cool. But Plucky Squire, man, this is one that people need to be keeping an eye out for because this is the Paper Mario I want. Mm-hmm. This is the, like, if, you've, if you're familiar with it, it's a game that's told as, like, a storybook. But you're actually looking at the, the, the book itself, and you're playing as uh, Jot, and you've got friends with you like Thrash and Pip. Um, uh, and, and, and you're just kind of running around this kind of storybook game, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's 2d, uh, side scroller. Sometimes it's, uh, three, 3d, like isometric. Sometimes it's free camera. Sometimes you're looking top down in a 2d version. You know, it's, they're playing around with the environment as, as your world. And you have ways to, traver- to to transition between like a 2D and 3D platform. And it's it just, it looks so wholesome. Uh, it's coming from Devolver Digital, which Devolver rarely misses when it comes to their games that they publish. Um, it's supposed to come out this year at some point. So hopefully that does. We didn't get many dates uh, in the showcase, a lot of years. Um, but this is one of those ones that, man, if, 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 if Paper Mario was actually doing this, I think, I think people would have a lot more reverence for Paper Mario uh, mm-hmm. than they currently do because I think their last game was was cut short for time and mm-hmm. shipped without a fully realized uh, feature set. But the, like Plucky Squire is going to be, it's it's going to be the next uh, uh, like um, oh what is the uh, Hades? It's going to be the next Hades. It's going to be the mm-hmm. next Cuphead. It's going to be the next. Um, 
uh oh i'm just i'm blanking on the other one what was the one with the little fox uh fate no uh little fox link clone roguelike uh, tunic tunic thank you yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's going to be the next one of those like it really really is like if you in or it takes two beautiful okay. little games that i think you're really going to have a lot of fun with mm-hmm. that honestly don't deserve to be as good as they are for uh for for the budget that they're probably going to or for the for the cost that they're probably going to charge for because I, I can't imagine this game really being more than like 40 bucks but mm-hmm. i would i would happily pay 70 Games like Plucky Squire and the li- the titles that you listed make me desperately wish Summer of Arcade was a thing again from the 360 yeah. era because it was a spotlighted, curated list of elite indie experiences uh, that, that each brought something to the table. And then you were rewarded if you checked out all of them, which allowed for more, more exposure. I wish that we had something like that uh, that was recognizable by the masses because there have been various promotions over the years, but none that clicked the way that we that 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 did so yeah um, i know ghost runner will appeal to people i know the grease developed neva will as well um mm. cats seem to be a thing uh a lot of cats games a lot of cats Cat, strays Cat coming Quest. out of Xbox, but you know so. stray 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 is a good game it's it? uh I heard it I, of the year i really enjoyed it um i think that it's got it's it does it definitely has like an indie feel to it um but honestly like they've they've done a really good job with some of the puzzles in that and it's just a fun fun game to traverse in Mm -hmm. um it's definitely not going to be for everyone so don't go into it thinking you should like this game Mm -hmm. um not everyone's going to have have a good time with it. it's kind of like the uh, cat quest uh perts of the the per being um it's it's fun it's definitely going to be a good game but it's not Mm going to be for everyone so don't don't expect that you're going to love it gotcha that's fair. Um, the non-exclusive games that I got excited for were Helldivers and Spider-Man 2. Uh, and that meant that I left with Spider-Man 2, Helldivers, Alan Wake 2, Dragon's Dogma, Metal Gear Solid, Delta, Metal Gear Solid Collection, Immortals of Avion. That was like seven games. Oh, and Assassin's Creed Mirage. That's eight games that I left this showcase like definitely all in for. Um, yeah which meant that I was really happy with it at the end of the day. I recognize that a lot of PlayStation gamers really wanted um, more from their first party studios. And I appreciate that sentiment, but yeah. we saw, <laughs> we saw a strategy of wanting to have a diverse portfolio. We saw a strategy of wanting to partner with third parties again, to bring great experiences to PlayStation, which is something that Xbox doesn't do enough of, I think. Um, and we saw kind of uh, an approach to bringing in new hardware, which I don't know that I agree with their strategy on, but they were investing oh. in cloud with the remote play Q, <laughs> project Q, uh, but, but not cloud, which is strange. Uh, <laughs> a lot of debates there. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have a project Q discussion, <laughs> in but I saw a PlayStation that was willing to do things and be disruptive in some places, but not enough in some ways. Nonetheless, I thought this was a good showcase for them. And yeah. I would expect you see a first party PlayStation game or two at Keeley's presentations. I think that's where they're going to you're going to see some stuff. And, and I know people came out and like insiders came out and said that whatever. I don't care. Um, I it did feel like they were holding something back and Keeley has a good relationship with PlayStation. So why wouldn't they have something for him? But we're in an Xbox community that has gone an entire year with no first parties. 
uh, and survived just fine. Right. And you yeah. have Spider-Man. What more do you need? Like what and more Final Fantasy need? 16. You guys got yeah. Final Fantasy 16 and Spider-Man 2. Y'all are yeah. fine. You're fine. And it's not like PlayStation's not doing big. Like there's a promise with PlayStation of elite first party experiences. There's an expectation of that. And they don't have to prove things the way that Xbox does. Yeah. Call that how you like it. That's just how it is. Um, And so I was not upset with this presentation at all as a PlayStation customer. I thought there was a lot I could play on my PlayStation, which I hope we can say at the end of the Xbox one. Like there's a lot I can play on my Xbox. Yeah. If I get eight games, I'm happy. Yeah. No, I, 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 there was definitely, and we didn't even get into the conversation about the PSVR aspect of it because it doesn't really pertain to us, but Mm -hmm. there are some really good announcements in the PSVR uh, world, which has gotten me back into that headset. So I've, it's, it's genuinely like, it's, it's cool to see that there's stuff because I think the last one before Beat Saber was, uh, humanity. That was the last time that I had gotten into, into the PSVR 2 stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm really really excited to to play Spider-Man 2. I think the Metal Gear Solid stuff is going to be very unique and I'm I'm interested to see like where that goes into Helldivers 2 definitely, you know, if that's how I got to get Starship Troopers and that's how I'll get Starship Troopers. Um there's Alan a good Wake, Starship Troopers game on PC that's coming to console too. Yeah, well so I don't know if it's coming to uh, console. I don't know if they've have they? Okay. Uh well, it's coming to console. I don't know when. <laughs> I know what it is. At least it's in development. Yeah, it's in development. Um, I honestly like the whole. You, you brought up the whole Keeley thing. I don't know if that's like if that's true. Then you know that's just marketing deals, folks. Like you're still getting your games. Like who cares if it's at Keeley's or if it's at Sony's? Um, it just it doesn't matter. Like Xbox got is getting all these games, but they didn't get to announce these games. Sony did because right. that's the marketing deal. It's just that's mm-hmm. all it all it is. I didn't see anything in this showcase that was like coming exclusive DLC to Sony PlayStation. I didn't either. I appreciate that. I also appreciate that. And I'm curious what that means. And I wonder uh, broad strokes. I wonder if ABK has anything to do with that because they're each trying to position themselves a certain way. Maybe, um, yeah. maybe, right? Or is that too tinfoily? I don't know. Nah, because um, that's all. It's it, 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 like that kind of stuff is marketing. It, I think, I think it does kind of come down to like, does the studio want to produce content for Sony? Is Sony f- f- putting in money enough that the studio is like, okay, fine, we'll make a couple levels that are just for for PlayStation? I don't think they're doing that. I think uh, it's frustrated to me in the Xbox One era where Xbox wouldn't pay for that kind of stuff, and so. I wasn't getting those benefits and, and um, yeah. there was a game recently that I was frustrated to see PlayStation or Xbox is not getting uh, that PlayStation is. And I, I can't remember what it was. It, it is not inspector gadget, which I saw people losing their minds over. <laughs> I was like, to be respectful to developers, don't attack people. Like, come on. But it's um, also a weird move that they're like, if you show enough on one social media platform, then we'll go ahead and, and put it out. It's like, yeah, that, Engagement doesn't equal dollars every time. And so it's just, yeah, very strange. Very it felt, strange. It felt a little baity, but there was no reason for people to be so outrageous about it. It's like that hypercharged action figure game that consistently was trying to get Xbox content creators on there to, to have mm. them on and to discuss with them. And like I toyed with that, but it, they were just begging for views every time. And it felt strange. Now, is it just a strategy? Cool. All right. Nice. But yeah. if that's the... The only strategy I think I'd be a little upset. Um, 
yeah, uh, bottom line, I'm appreciative of this showcase. And I think for Xbox, I want to see first party stuff because they have a different problem than Sony does, right? Like yeah. a different issue. We know too much about Xbox's portfolio of what is coming, but not what that actually is. We know the names of things. We've got teaser trailers, but we don't know what that actually means. So I'm anxious to see kind of what Xbox is going to bring to their showcase. I'm curious to, to see what double A and indie stuff they choose to spotlight. Uh, Cause immortals of Avium is here, right? Ghost runner is here. So what do we see there? Um, I noticed that there was no superhero WB game, uh, which, you know, yeah. suicide squad is time. I, I really would love an Arkham collection that's modernized. I'm curious to know if we get any, an answer to the, on the superhero space for Xbox at their upcoming showcase. Um, do we do we find out whatever wild is? Do we find out what avowed gameplay really looks like? Indiana Jones and contraband or toss ups, you know, like I really there's so many questions to be answered by yeah. this box showcase. And I think PlayStation might be getting some flack. But the reality is that a lot of people are going to be playing stuff. And th there's a lot of positive views uh, there. I think it was Benji sales. And you put in our notes. Do you want to read some of that stuff? Because That's interesting. Cause as far as the I was viewership. Yeah, like a lot of people looking at the at the videos, the trailers for a lot of this uh, PlayStation showcase. So Marathon had 13 million views. Spider-Man 2 gameplay had 12.2 million views. Assassin's Creed Mirage hit 3 million, which is it's you know long established franchise. No surprise there. Metal Gear Solid 3 remake has got 2.8. Not surprising. It doesn't really talk a whole lot about what's going on. Destiny 2 The Final Shape got 2.3, which speaks to how important I think it is that Cade's coming back um the the five nights at freddy's help wanted uh two got 1.6 which i don't know about you but that surprised the heck out of me because i completely forgot about five nights at freddy's kids love that i'm every week my students would tell me about five nights at freddy's. no way oh yeah and okay. they read books about it and everything and like it's just one of those things is like i'm too old it's like crocs like i'm like oh okay you love it that's that's nice that's good that's good Okay, but but then Dragon's Dogma Two coming in underneath with 1.5 million from Five really Nights at Freddy's surprised me. Like, really I, surprised me. Yeah, so I, I was just I, it was cool to see that so many of these trailers, even though people were kind of disparaging the the showcase in general, especially because it didn't it didn't show like a whole lot of new stuff for Sony fans to look forward to in like 2024, which that's fair, honestly. But Sony also usually has something going on around the times of like gamescom or, or or something like in august september we'll see what's coming in 2024 when that's the case but they always they're consistent about focusing on the the immediate which i appreciate because like you said with xbox which i think shouldn't get lost in this episode we know too much about xbox titles right now and not enough about what is coming in the immediacy like we know starfield's coming but that's it for xbox so nope. i would, would starfield and forza that's true fair I okay forget, i forget about forza because forza to me is the xbox problem is that they put out great games that are super niche you yeah. know get your hi-fi your pentiment yeah, exactly. your age of empires all great games <laughs> flight sim but it's all for very small audiences and so i'm curious <laughs> if that's what Forza is or if Forza is going to blow the socks off because everyone tells me Gran Turismo 7 is doing super well. Yeah. But like I never see that on my timeline, but like curated timelines. Why would I see Gran Turismo 7? You're right? not playing it. Not playing yeah. it. 
it's not my thing. It's a simulation racer, not my thing. So like, I don't know. Like flight yeah. sim, super popular. Apparently, I've never seen that on my timeline. Super superhero games are the games that have the broadest appeal. It's why Hogwarts Legacy did so well. It's an established IP with movies out there that everyone understands the world. Everyone understands what they can expect from it. Same thing with Spider Man. Same thing with Wonder Woman. Same thing with Wolverine. Like Batman, Superman. You know, Suicide Squad. These are the games that are going to have the broad, uh, the broad group of people looking at it, like the the mainstream appeal. And you're right to call out that Xbox doesn't really have anything like that in the near future. And I don't think any of the titles that we know about right now, outside of maybe like Indiana Jones, is really going to pull in that broad scope of of gamers to be like, hey, this is why you should be playing on Xbox. Man, I'm telling you, Indiana Jones needs to be a nine out of 10 or better for anyone to care. Like, yeah, that's not I do not like dumping on Indiana Jones because I know to our like to people our age and older, it's a it's a notable name. But like what kid knows who Indiana Jones is? It's not even the guy from Fortnite, even though he was in Fortnite. Right. (laughs) Like it's not even that. No one knows or cares who Indiana Jones is. Um it's not even as recognizable as Tomb Raider to to younger kids, right? Nathan so Drake is, is more popular than Indiana Jones to younger generations. Hundred percent, and and so you know we'll, we'll see what the, what dividends it pays. But if it's a great game, then it will speak for itself. But I don't yeah. think the name is going to carry it very far. That doesn't mean it wasn't a bad. That that does not mean it was a bad get. But now you must deliver the game, and that is not something Xbox has shown the ability to do. Um, which is that's that's the solve to all of these problems is make great games. And I disagree <laughs> with with Spencer's take a few weeks ago when he's like, I can't just make a great game and that fixes it. I'm like, no, I think it, I think it does. Um, but it, it may was, not make you outsell. Yeah, but you'll definitely be back on track. That That's that's the thing that I think I, I took on bridge with, because it was some of the great games that have been coming to systems that made me buy those systems like mm-hmm. Sea Thieves made me buy an xbox i was playing it on pc i wanted to play it elsewhere i really wanted to check out the rest of the thing but see if these was the justification for my xbox Mm -hmm. um actually cyberpunk too cyberpunk was the other the other half of that Mm-hmm. Um, but I played I played Sea of Thieves until I could play Cyberpunk uh, mm-hmm. on on my One X, um, and but then like Spider Man, I bought the bundle uh, for mm-hmm. the PS4 Slim and the mm-hmm. the Spider Man for like two hundred bucks. Spider Man was the justification for the buying that thing. Xbox should strive to have those style of games. Starfield's going to be one of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever comes after Starfield for the next big title, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm hoping for with this showcase. I'm hoping to find out what the next big game that is going to be the system seller is for xbox post starfield so i hope that the xbox showcase gives us a a a timeline for six months post starfield and that we can kind of know like what to look forward to i genuinely think grounded is one of the games that needs to be on the series s box the series s grounded they are hand in hand great um and and i really think that and I know there's some some weird oddity there because Private Division and Obsidian and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like Private Division that, does the the ports to other consoles for uh, the Outer Worlds, but that's it. Like they they did this they did the Switch port, and that was like that was it. But the, but they fund they, they were initially funding, uh, yeah, grounded, yeah, because that's who I went through when I got Adam Brennicky on. So yeah. that's that's the 
caveat, but if you can get grounded on a box, particularly around the new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids something or another that's coming out, if you can get grounded on a box, it's colorful, it's bright, it's festive. Um, If you can find a way to make that happen, I think you've got a good bundle box for the holiday because the Series S is such a great system. Um, And without putting too fine a point on it, there's no reason to own a Series X right now unless you want discs. Like they're not capitalizing on the hardware. Mm. They're not pushing. What game is pushing the Series X? I don't know. Right. Like Jedi Survivor was beautiful, but I don't feel like my my gameplay was nerfed by it. So that's my that's my. That's fair. I I find value in mine because I love I love my living room Series X because it's on my my uh, LG C1, you know, TV. So when I'm playing Sea of Thieves, I'm playing it at 1080, but I'm at, I'm playing it at 120 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful. Let me tell you. Absolutely um, agree. Agreed. So the, that is it's it's hard to it's hard to, to judge like why a Series S wouldn't be able to do that. But I there are a, like like pinpoint examples I can point to and be like, oh, yeah, that's why I love my Series X. But I, I don't blame you. Honestly, physical is a great way. And honestly, if folks, if you have a disc version of one of the new gen consoles and you're not stopping by like a GameStop to pick up like the cheap disc copies of stuff that are used you're doing yourself a disservice for having that console in the first place. Logan hates developers. You heard it here. Everyone noted it. Logan hates developers. <laughs> he does not want to support them. No, I'm just kidding. I, I yeah, love my use right. games. And and I think that small businesses like uh, GameStop, <laughs> small indies out there like, like GameStop should, should be support. No, I go to, uh, I, um, there's a, one of my buddies who used to be a manager for mm-hmm. a GameStop, works at a, a local store. And I've actually got quite a few local used uh, game stores um, in, in my Sacramento area mm-hmm. that I, I love to go to to visit them, say hi, they, they're chill. Uh, go support those those uh, local shops, please. I, I joke about GameStop because I like to poke fun. Uh, let's see. I want to go ahead and transition towards our, our listener questions here. Uh, reminder, if you're enjoying the show, please share, click like, subscribe. Drop a review. Uh, it makes a difference, especially as YouTube's algorithm changes. We'd be appreciative. Um, I am working on interviews now again, which means I'm lining them back up. With review. It's uh, interview season again. But I took a break, genuinely, so there might be a few weeks where we don't know interviews. Uh, but currently working on talking to the Star Trek Resurgence team. Uh, I've been playing Star Trek Resurgence, but I stopped playing it, despite it being a really good Star Trek game, Logan. Um, like It's a really good narrative Telltale-style game. However, uh, next gen era, next gen okay. era, which okay. is really nice. Uh, All especially right. going after Picard, Picard three. Picard. Picard. I love uh, that Picard guy. He's pretty cool. He's, he's crazy. He's but a good guy. I stopped playing it because there is no way to invert the Y axis camera. You're weird. Which is very frustrating for someone who plays in, inverted because we're better than you. Uh, but uh, it's what you gotta show- tell yourself. That's fine. Clearly showcases it's a smaller team that was working on it, but I'm super stoked to talk to them because they have some pretty great bets there. Um, but that's something I am working on for for review impressions for you guys. And then uh, we're also reviewing another game that's coming out very soon, which we'll talk about soon, probably next week. We'll talk about next week. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it next week. Um, can we? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, embargo's yeah. up next week. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm Your excited thoughts. to talk about that. I also have thoughts. Um, unrelated, I really need advice on a fight stick to get. Hmm. 
Um, all right. Let's go to a listener. You didn't even break. That's not fair. Uh, let's go to a listener <laughs> question. This one comes from Trickster. Uh, he says, what's one game you would like to see it uh, more of at Xbox's showcase? Myself, I would like to see Hellblade 2. Uh, that's a great choice, Trickster. Hellblade 2, absolutely. If it's coming this year or in quarter one or two of 2024, we need to see that game. Uh, and I think that is Xbox's best shot at a system seller uh, apart from Grounded and Starfield. It's it's hard for me to I love the idea of Everwild, but nothing nothing about it has really like has really made me feel like I know what I'd, I'd get into. So I'm very curious about Everwild too. Hellblade hasn't sucked me in. Um, you know, I had a good time with what I played in the first one, but then I got distracted and I never went and finished it. But I I recognize how beautiful and interesting that game is. Um Honestly, I feel like it, it, it's it's a toss-up between Everwild, Contraband, and Avowed. But I also feel like, I don't know, there's so many, man. I actually want to know what uh, Fable is about, too. Like, I'll tell you what, I'll go with Fable, because I, I trust Playground Games, and I think Fable is one of those ones that I just missed out on. Mm-hmm. And because I remember working at a GameStop when Fable came out and they're like, you can be light or dark. It doesn't matter. You can do your choices matter. You're going to be evil and whatnot. And I'm like, Mass Effect. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's upset. But I'm, I'm curious what Fable is going to do in the hands of Playground Games. Because so often I think like there, there's like questions that come out to like podcasters and they're like, if you could have one studio make a one IP, what would that be? Um, and, and everyone's always got like their answers and stuff like that. But this is the, one of the few times where I think I've actually seen like, you know, l- l- like playground is making fable. This mm-hmm. is like those questions. It's like, if you could have one studio make an IP that they normally wouldn't make, like, this is it. So I actually want to know what they do. Cause I think they're, I think they're a really good developer. I only want to know if it's ready, if it's close and if the, and, uh, ooh. Xbox cannot <laughs> afford for these big, heavy-hitting games to be less than nines right now. They just can't. And, like, their target is eight and above. Uh, they do not want anything lower than an eight. And and truth, apart from Redfall, they haven't dropped something lower than an eight. I, I felt like Legends was pretty solid. You have Age of Empires, Hunter Rush, Pentiment. You know, like, I feel like those are all eights, great games in their own right. Yeah. Redfall is not. But they um, aren't. They aren't the 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 big games agreed. that I that I they're think a pillars. lot of people look for. Yeah, yeah, they're not pillars, and so they're pillars. They need to be great, and so don't show it if you don't got it. That is my that is my thing. Like I don't want to see another avowed teaser. I don't want to see another perfect dark teaser unless you've got pillar games ready to go. Like you can have a teaser if you've got the other pillars. That's yeah. my thought. Yeah. The Would one more wanna... thing should be the teaser. Yes. Uh, the, the, like all like, and that was what I think Nintendo did really well on and then just dropped the ball when, with Metroid prime four, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh, and by the way, Metroid prime four. And we were like, yeah, we can't wait. It's going to be amazing. And then like five years goes by and they're like, still no Metroid prime four. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think, I think the teaser trailer is best served when it is the one more thing that Apple used to do um the 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 two things that i want with the with the showcase please and and i have no control over it it's and it's completely a want 
gameplay like straight up gameplay like just show me what the game is going to play like and dates those are like the two things i care about with this xbox showcase everything else could be whatever but if if you if you're okay showing me gameplay and if and i feel confident that that's going to be what i get to play because it's it's at the level where it's just about ready like we're in the final stages that you have a solid date then i have no problem sitting through an hour and a half showcase and I, that's why I'm hoping for the Starfield showcase, because I think that's where we're going to get. They've already shown UI. They've already shown gameplay. We know what the date is. They had to push it. All of that was ready to go at that time. Now I just want to see what the, the last year of polish has been. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a good point. That's pretty um, much that's what I hope for. Uh, no, it's worthwhile to hope for. Shoot. Edward Varnell writes in, he wants to know if Microsoft presentation will be worrisome if it's focuses on 2024 and not 2023. Do you see the Bethesda? Do I see, do you see Bethesda show it showing being the Bethesda showing being the show to rejuvenate gamers or the nail in the coffin for their popularity? Um, well, Bethesda's popularity is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere, bud. you had Deathloop, you had Ghostwire, you had Redfall, then you have Starfield all next to a very healthy elder scrolls online and like in the in that list the only misfire was redfall um bethesda's popularity is not going down at all that you'll see inflammatory tweets but sales eh, you're fine um and especially with that year of polish that he's talking about uh will the presentation be worrisome if it's focused on 2024 not 2023 um i don't think so but your point is well taken. I think in 2023, you've had Redfall, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, Age of Empires, and then you'll have Forza, Motorsport, and Starfield. And that's a good list of games, save Redfall, right? <laughs> like, yeah. everyone's vibing on the Redfall downfall, or, like, badness uh, there. But that's not actually the story. Like, the Redfall is the one bad game next to a bunch of good ones. So if Starfield's disappointing, then you have a bad year. But Forza Motorsport, Starfield, Age of Empires, and Hi-Fi Rush are all standing strong in this year, it looks like. So I don't think it's a worrisome, but you do need to show why you should buy your box. Uh, maybe do a better job of showcasing that stuff. And uh, we need something. What, what's happening Q1 2024, right? And what are you going to show us that's going to tease what you'll then see at Game Awards? Because Xbox is now... Uh, at a point where their cycle has to be one pillar per quarter. Um, and they need to do a better job of making sure Redfall doesn't happen again. But the reality is Xbox's releases are fine. It's just that Redfall has marred the mindshare of, of their first party. That's all. That's my thought. I think we're still waiting for that one big Q, Q quarter game uh, uh, every year. Like, I think I think we're pretty solid with Motorsport and Starfield being the the first party releases for 2023. I think that's what we're going to like Sony's got Final Fantasy 16 at the end of June. They've got Spider-Man in September, um, which I think is going to be it's going to be like in the, like the 16th or something like that. Whatever the, the teens, whatever that Friday is, that's probably when Spider-Man's going to land. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I had to put out there uh, those vibes. Um, so I think like for PlayStation, as far as first party goes, uh, or exclusive technically, and I know Square Enix technically isn't first party, but they might as well be. Might as well um, be. just put a ring on it. All right. Just like, 
figure get them to figure out like what actual expectations for game sales are because their games do decent um yeah i think with sony we already know what their exclusives are and i think for xbox we already know what our exclusives are i think the mm-hmm. question is is what are some of the games that we haven't seen or heard about that are third party that are going to be coming out for the rest of this year if mm-hmm. starfield and forza aren't your bag and mm-hmm. i think that's what folks are hoping for i think because we're not going to get another call of duty um i think we would have heard rumblings of a new call of duty coming oh, out this year did you notice cod was not at playstation's showcase yeah that was interesting as a, a kind of a hidden i don't thing. think they're doing anything this year i think they're taking this year off aren't they but not even spotlighting like dmc expansion they're doing stuff oh, then, in multiplayer that's true Warzone, they are they, there is stuff there's, there is stuff like there's a new season out and stuff like right. that but yeah interesting that uh sony didn't get those deals mm-hmm. um because they were, were they were getting pretty heavy we didn't xbox have modern warfare 2 though i don't think so i don't I'll know to, that i'll have to check that i can't yeah, remember who checking. had the deal for that no. um but yeah i i think to edward's question i would like to know what the what the the uh, first party content look like is going to be for the first three months of of 2024. Mm-hmm. I don't care beyond that because it's it's that's like a year from now. Um, so just give me a good showcase that that tells me what's coming to Game Pass that's third party uh, for for the next six months. So from like June to December, let me know what I'm getting on Game Pass and uh uh, you know give me give me a better idea on what starfield is and i'll 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 figure out whether or not that's going to be something i'm going to dive into or if spider-man's going to be the thing i dive into first Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll have to kind of see but i think i don't think i don't think this it's it's worrisome for bethesda i think starfield's going to hit no matter what and if and if it doesn't hit like the way people want it to there's still going to be the uh the modders out there that are going to go nuts when that game comes out I uh, I'll also say that the for the Xbox Bethesda showcase there they invited content creators uh, to to LA um, and they just did a whole nother wave of them. Bummer, we weren't included in that one, which is kind of a bummer. But we have some friends yeah. that are going, um, and in that there is a showcase for them after just them. Not it'll be with you know they'll be talking to Xbox leadership and stuff and. Um, we have, so we have friends in our community that are going, which is really cool. Um, and hope, Hey, hopefully next year XP XCP gets on the radar just enough to be there, but, um, I'm excited to find out what they see as far as Xbox's future to include Bethesda because it's happening after the showcase. So like, that's cool, right? Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, I will say seriously, five, five, nine, uh, wrote in, uh, with an absurd question about double downs. And I just can't even, I can't even get there. He offered to sponsor, uh, sponsor us if we eat double downs on air. Um, and I just sponsors, not enough, you know, double downs are gross. And it's a shame that we, as a community are perpetuating that people should buy them. Luke is willing to turn money down from his fans (laughs) knowing he needs a second monitor. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Because he's, he's so concerned about whether or not this double down thing takes off. And he has to figure out how to Photoshop images of the of the double down that's legally distinct enough that he can sell merchandise. I told you when we get to ten <laughs> tier threes, that's when I'll eat a double down. But I'm not doing it before <laughs> that. <laughs> like, ugh. see, the problem is, folks, is that by the time that happens, they may not offer the double downs. So we really got to hit that goal soon. 
when we when we get close to it, I'm gonna be like, "When's 15?" Is what I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> All <laughs> right, on, let me let me just put in the Discord. Nope. As nope, a reminder, nope, nope, by the way, are. we got to no, get the are. ten tier threes. They're already supportive. I don't want to do that to them. All right. No, I'm so, I'm just saying like they they're gonna help hold us accountable or help nah, hold you accountable. Nah, that's fine. They don't do that. All right. Uh, guys, look forward to uh, all the content coming out on XCP on all your podcast platforms of choice. Please be willing to go to the YouTube version, click like, uh, click subscribe, share that out onto your personal socials. It really does help our show grow. If you're willing to drop a tip in the tip jar, patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass. No double downs required. Uh, but I do so want to thank our patrons and discord members. You guys make my week better every week, even when I'm not able to chat as much. I'm reading it and it makes me feel good. So uh, that's what I want to spotlight. Logan, let them know where they can find you. Good, sir. Uh, and if you got anything going on with Keelhauled. Uh, community episode this weekend and then i've got an interview with a sea of thieves dev coming out the week after um so if you're interested in finding out more about sea of thieves i'm covering the mystery you can go back and listen to the first two weeks we are completely stumped right now for the third week of the mystery they have not released a cipher or anything discernible with the stuff that they've put out so the community is stumped but if you're interested in that, you want to find out more about Pirates, Sea of Thieves, the community around it, head over to your podcast search icon, click in there, type in Keelhauled Podcast or just Sea of Thieves. You'll find me on Sea of Thieves as well, too. Otherwise, you can find me over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N, where you can discuss this and more. Otherwise, you'll be able to find me in the Xbox Expansion Pass Discord chatting with our patrons about keeping Luke honest about those double downs. Nope. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for us. Have a great rest of your week. Take care. Ah.